0: Hello and welcome to Your Band Sucks at Business, a podcast for bands trying to navigate the music industry. My name is Malcolm Ownflood. I am here with my redheaded stepchild (laughs) co-host, Marcus Manaz. What's up, guys? I'm not. Okay, I'm
1: redheaded, but I'm not a stepchild, just for the record. He's probably more my stepchild, but
0: I'm the old man of the band. You know that. (laughs) Yeah, welcome back. This is uh, episode number two. Uh, I guess really our first like real episode. The first one was a teaser, but it is number two on our sheet here, so that's what we're calling it. And we are diving into networking and uh, how it kind of is all who you know. Um, we're going to talk about why it's not just all who you know, but there, there's a lot of truth to that to that saying. And uh, we've got some cool stories lined up about how networking has like really been probably the main pillar of change in our band's career and our personal careers as well.
1: Yeah, it's uh really for us anyway. Yeah, it's been the it's been the one consistently I guess successful thing that we've done. Yeah. <laughs> and and a lot of times like unknowingly too, right? Like a lot of the network we we we've done has not been like us going out and being like we're at an event, here's our business card, we're networking with you. It's been like very natural but there are actionable steps that you can take to make it happen, you know? And so,
0: yeah, it's, it's kind of like a looking back, we were networking, but we didn't realize it at the time necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I I mean, (laughs) maybe later on there were times where we're like, Oh yeah, we actually have to make sure we talk to this person. Like that would, that would be wise. But um,
1: when you're going to like Canadian music week or like any South by whatever you're doing. Yeah. Of course, you're going to have people that you want to talk to, but, but like in your everyday just, your everyday life there's so much of it yeah looking back like you said looking back at it there's so much stuff that we did that was networking when we didn't even really realize it so and those are the and that's the stuff i feel like that's really served us moving forward you know like those are the most important connections or like things that we did yeah it was like the daily stuff
0: we we possibly got a little lucky (laughs) but uh, oh yeah for sure you know it yeah uh, yeah i mean it, it definitely um the the connections we made paid off and made all of our actually you know that's a good point you and I used to like set goals like pretty big goals be like oh yeah. like we just want <laughs> this to happen and then all of a sudden it would happen and it was like it was kind of willed into existence <laughs> like we were it was like,
1: yeah we we're ma- manifesting it before even really knowing that maybe we should we should probably provide a little context yeah. here before we really like start going <laughs> talking about goals
0: but so Marcus and I are in the band called Band of Rascals. We're a rock band from Canada. Um, we started, I think, in 2014 or late 2013, something around there. Um, and things went pretty quickly for us, uh, at least a lot quicker and further than we thought they would when we started the band. When we started the band, I, I, I think my message literally said I wanted to start a little side project with Marcus, just nothing serious or something like that.
1: I'm going to find that. I'm going to find that message in, in the next one. We'll read the actual message because i i found it like a year ago and it was hilarious <laughs>
0: it's a it's good it's a good message but
1: it's funny to Im- yeah anyway, yeah to imagine yeah. like five years later six years yeah later, well yeah,
0: the okay. reason it's funny is because it was like so far incorrect it became like our sole purpose for, <laughs> for like <laughs> five years uh it, That's all it we was, did they, the band of rascals was our life um we we like ended up on the road uh, like touring a shitload uh doing some amazingly crazy shows playing for thousands and thousands of people. Um, and our music getting heard and listened to by, I guess, like, I don't even know how many people, but a lot of people, <laughs> it went pretty well for sure. We, 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 had some luck on Canadian radio as well, went over to Europe and did a tour. Um, it was awesome. You know, we're definitely not the biggest band in the world, but we were, uh, we were a business and that business was making money. Um, and, and we were getting to play music, uh, I guess for a living in a way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we're
1: pretty poor but yeah. you know what it was pretty sweet yeah
0: yeah but maybe if uh, people had or if we had a podcast like this we wouldn't have been so poor <laughs> it's true well
1: i mean at the end though not i don't want to say the end but like the last year it definitely picked up and we started doing well yeah yeah right? totally like it was it was good. i mean
0: like the right. the the revenue was kind of like amazing when you looked at it it was just that we also yeah. spent money like like a rock band. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 R- like recording. An album yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're all about that for sure. Uh, but anyways, this rock one's bands. about the networking part of it and how networking just leveled our band up like uh, kind of month after month, year after year, we just kept taking it a step further and how that kind of corresponded with our goals. So really like all bands we started and we started playing shows and getting people out. Um, and then I think like the big level up for us was we did some gigs with a guy named Jesse Roper, um, who is uh, a, a big deal around here in, in our scene, and he like he seems to be killing it in quite a few places now. But uh,
1: yeah, he's de- yeah for across Canada, he's definitely in Ontario. He's doing yeah, well for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: By the way, wait till you hear his new music, guys. It's so fucking good. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so he was he was kind of like you know he was the band that was a level above us. We were like able to bring out, I don't know, 100 people or something and he could bring out 300 or, you know, like maybe those numbers aren't right. But with the two of us, we were definitely packing a room. So he was kind of where we wanted to be. So we managed to get an opening spot with him and that led to us getting another opening spot for him again. And then eventually, I think I convinced him to come down and do a jam with us um, just like for fun. So, he came down to our, our jam space, which, by the way, was like a 2,000 square foot warehouse with a half pipe in it for skateboarding. Dude, I think it was bigger than... I think it was... Or was it too? Maybe you're right. I thought it was big. Anyway, it was huge.
1: this place was massive. It was like a big garage, like a, like a car garage without the
0: lifts. Like, it was colossal. Anyway. It was too big. Like, it was so big that it just sounded fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> but he came down for a jam, and we jammed, and we had a, a, a good time, and I think... He decided through that that I didn't suck at guitar. <laughs> I don't know how, yeah, well, yeah.
1: I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll never know. But fast forward <laughs> to the next festival circuit and uh things have taken off pretty good for him and he has got an opening spot. Uh, not an opening spot, just a spot at this fest. Oh no, yeah, yeah, a spot at a festival called uh, Rock the Shores. Um Yeah, which at the time remember that?
1: Like when we heard that he got that spot like Rock the Shores, the first year, was tragically hip, Yeah, right? tragically
0: hip. Uh, I think Sam Roberts was there. City and Color, uh, maybe?
1: I can't remember exactly the lineup, but it was like bi- it was the, one of the biggest festivals that had ever come to the yeah,
0: island. Yeah, totally. So it was a big deal that a local guy was playing it. Um, so Jesse got the gig and uh, he phoned me up and he's like, hey, I got Rock the Shores. And I'm like, holy fuck, dude, that's insane. Like, you, <laughs> you made it. <laughs> and then he's like, how, how do you feel about coming to play a couple songs with me at it? I was like... Oh, fuck yeah. I'm totally there. (laughs) No doubt. So uh, that's how it happened. But now when you break it down, we realized that, okay, we did a show with Roper, got to know him a little bit, did a jam with him where I guess he thought I was okay at guitar. And then that got me on stage in front of like 5,000 people playing with his band. And then that went on to me being in his band for the whole summer and doing a bunch of festivals. Um, We did Sunfest, we did uh, Burnaby Blues. Um, So some really big-ass shows like the, the Sunfest one was like fucking ten thousand people or something just going crazy. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. With the big, uh, the big, runway. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wireless guitar feel. Runway. Yeah, yeah. There was some <laughs> some good moments and bad moments, but like the, just the craziest summer I could have ever imagined happened in my life. You know, went from playing for like a hundred people to thousands of people just in the blink of an eye, and it was all because we got to know Roper. But like that was just the beginning because Band of Rascals still exists. Marcus and I's band, and uh. When we started doing these gigs with Roper, I got to know his management team, um, which was a couple guys named Steven and Morgan, um, who we love dearly. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure they'll end up on this podcast eventually. Like, oh, without yeah, a doubt. for sure. Um, we're pretty close with those guys. And uh, so they were Jesse's manager. And we got to know them, Marcus. You you started coming out to some of the shows with us, and, and got to know them as yeah, well. Yeah, Because
1: I was we're, I was helping uh, Jesse's drummer Steve out with um, drum teching for because the, the shows were they got to the level where it was like you need you needed like a drum tech, you need someone who can set your stuff up, and so I was teching for him, and so yeah, I was hanging with the band and Stephen and Morgan and stuff and getting to know them. Yeah.
0: And we got you know. to know this, these managers and, uh, next thing, you know, we're doing a show and they show up to, to see us play. It was the zone band of the month showcase, which was like this radio station in town and they showed up. And then like, right after we played, they're like, how do you feel about us taking you on and managing you guys? And we were like, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's do that. Cause we, we could look at Jesse Roper's career and be like, okay. Pre-management, he's playing the bars with us. Post-management, he's playing festivals for thousands of people. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. that seems like a good move. And we kind of imagined, okay, well, if we managed to get managers, and that, by the way, was one of our goals that we made. It was like, okay, we've got to find a manager. We figured, okay, well, yeah, if we sign up with them, we might be able to level up into the festival market with our own band. And I guess that's exactly what happened. They, <laughs> they, they delivered on that i guess
1: pretty much it's yeah yeah it was pretty quick after because that was in november of 2015
0: i thought it was 2016 but you're better at this than i am <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i don't actually know so maybe it is 2016 i think it was 2015 but then it was like pretty much right away all of a sudden like remember i'm trying to think back now but i remember Steven was like okay you guys got to get a business number a GST number, you need to have a partnership agreement. You need to do all this stuff. It was like, okay, we've been we've been abound for a couple of years without doing any of this stuff, albeit small. You know, we weren't doing like massive revenue or anything at like that point. But it was like, oh, okay, this is how you're supposed to do it. And if you do all this stuff, all of a sudden you're going to get shows and you're going to like stuff is going to start happening. You know, mm-hmm. like it's the level up was crazy. It like ten x our career basically in a matter of months you know like yeah and and 10xing from something small you know like we had really been struggling and i remember at that point even we were kind of like oh man this is a lot of work (laughs) like we would spend countless hours writing
0: like
1: yeah like grant like it was crazy we'd just do grant applications that were awful because we didn't know what we were doing
0: yeah (laughs) yeah they were fucking terrible
1: (laughs) we should try to find some of those they're like It'd be like or uh, like you need a, a marketing plan and so we would write a paragraph in a word document and yeah
0: yeah like what the hell were we thinking like we should release it as like a course on how to not do it
1: <laughs> oh man but at the same time like when you don't know the level like we didn't know what you were, and then when i i remember the first one that blue heron did so Stephen and morgan did for us yep. Stephen and morgan's company it's called blue heron music by the Our way. managers but anyway, I remember seeing the first the first one they did was like a twelve page document with graphics and it looked beautiful like it was like a like it was like a like a annual report, basically, yeah, yeah. it was like, oh, okay, so we didn't do that right anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally,
0: totally, we did not do that right and uh yeah they they really took us to the next level um and I think it's important to stress here that people like this, they don't make things happen for you, they amplify what you've got going on, mm-hmm. so if you don't have music or like an image or or uh like the ability to talk to people they they don't make that appear for you they just amplify what you've got going on so they were able to take our music and show it to people um for example you know and take our business and present it as like like so we wanted to get onto festivals and how do we get onto festivals? We prove or they prove that our business, our band, aka <laughs> Uh, had an audience. So if they put us on a festival, we would be bringing paying customers to their festival, right? That That is why your bands get booked is because it results in ticket sales, right? Which results in beer sales kind of thing. So it's revenue. And we had a little bit of a thing going on, although small, but it was worth something if presented correctly. And then from there, we just had to focus on growing it. and And that's what we did. So... Yeah, you can't skip the steps. It's not like you can just go get a manager if you don't have any recorded music and or your songs suck, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing that we have to make sure is clear is like we slugged it out for years. Like we did across Canada tour for two months before any of this happened, two months. And we, Stephen and Morgan were at CM, we went to Canadian Music Week in Toronto from the west coast of Canada. So we we did that trip. It took us two months total. We but we it was fun. We yeah, it was kind of like, it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we hung out. It was it was a really good time. But um, uh, so I I, I distinctly remember hanging with Stephen and Morgan at that because Jesse was also playing that yep. year. Remember? And I remember hanging with Stephen and Morgan, and um, they didn't really like they were cool but they didn't really care too much
0: about like i don't think they even came to our show
1: they didn't no they didn't um and i remember jesse saying oh yeah you know they're they're pretty tapped out right now you know they've got quite a few bands on the roster and you know they're not really looking for anyone else at that point so yeah we like we grinded it out for a long time before we ever got to the point where someone would look at us yeah
0: you don't choose the manager i don't think like ever unless unless you are like killing it, like you've, you're making crazy money off Spotify or something on your yeah. own, like then, then yeah, people are going to be interested. But uh, at most bands coming up, you've got to build something that's worth them coming on as a team, um, for sure. Because like that, like people are making a living doing this stuff. So if they can't make a living working with you, why would they do it? Um, you know, nobody's got time to spare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they can't just, they're not going to just take
1: a chance no that's not true but they're not going to just like see like a little tiny bit of success like a very tiny bit of success and be like yeah i I can work with that you know like it takes so much more than that there's just so many faucets to the
0: i mean i think the next episode we want to do is about managers so we won't get too far into that anymore yeah Uh, yeah yeah, but uh (laughs) suffice to know it's not just you don't go choose one so we'll talk about more of that next week um now that wasn't kind of the end of the, the networking level up effect, though. Um, the, the the next thing we did was, oh, by the way, you have to release music constantly. <laughs> and we had it. We, we were like, we got a manager, but we haven't released music in two years or something crazy, yeah. maybe even longer.
1: It had been probably something like that, a year and a half, at yeah. least, coming up on two years, yeah.
0: So they and they set us straight on that. They're like, "Okay, when the, like, what are the new songs?" And we're like, "Oh, we should write some new songs," <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. we did.
0: Um, and this is where the networking thing really starts to double down because now we've built a team, and our network isn't just who we know; it's also who they know. So uh, I remember they asked us to put together a list of producers we wanted to work with, um, and we did. And I think most of them like lived in Vancouver, probably. And then I think you were like, ah, like should we just throw down like a hail mary for this guy named eric Ratz?
1: yeah because we had been listening to a band called monster truck and eric's eric's such a well-known dude anyway like we you know
0: he was like the dude eric for people who don't know has done the arkels billy talent monster truck uh
1: he's got a latin grammy for enrique iglesias yeah, I yeah
0: yeah yeah we'll get him talking about that if we get him on here uh, uh big wreck you know he, he's done some really really big successful stuff um that's just, and his stuff's just killer and we loved it it was like right what we were looking for but he was just you know way above us like a grammy winner you know <laughs> yeah that was like
1: well and multiple multiple juno winner too like but but that's the thing that was like a 100xing our success at that point so
0: but we threw it on there and then we sent it off to our, our manager steven and morgan and uh then they came back and they're like okay sounds like Eric's in. We're like what
1: <laughs> so nonchalantly too it wasn't like you guys it was like yeah okay so uh yeah eric eric's down yeah. like,
0: <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> i'm pretty sure i like that was I crazy out loud just like upon reading the email so i think that came through because i could be wrong on this we'll have to ask him um when we talk to him on here but uh, i i think they knew somebody in his management because uh producers that level have managers as well by the way i think they knew somebody in his manager's organization or something like that and managed to get in touch through that And then, uh, yeah, and then the conversation was started and it happened. (laughs) And we made a record with Air Rats.
1: Yeah, that was wild. Like that was a, it's kind of maybe hard to, like for, for you guys listening, it might be a little hard to kind of imagine the scale for a band like at our level to work with Eric. Like that was pretty crazy. Like Eric's working with the biggest bands in Canada for sure, but also just in like in Rock really worldwide, really. You know what I mean? Like and the dude has so many connections as well with like CLA. You know, like that was a big win. Um, but yeah. So anyway, keep going.
0: <laughs> Another example is our agent, um, or ex agent, I must admit. <laughs> we're we're not touring right now, so we don't have an agency, but we were assigned to Pekin agency. Um, I'm saying that right, Pekin? Packin
1: in artist agency. Yeah. Some people say Pack Quinn, but I am going to go with Pack in because I think that sounds better. If
0: you disagree with us, send us hate mail, please. <laughs> uh, shout out to Grant, our agent. Grant is
1: great. You actually, you want to talk about that? Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, that, like, is just another example of the network effect. Uh, our manager did know Grant, right? Uh, actually, I, I'm not really super clear on how they knew him. I think you know more about that than I did. Yeah. Grant's just like,
1: he's one of the most visible. Booking agents in Canada, I would say like he works with a ton of people and I'm trying to think now, I don't know if at the time he was working with anyone on Blue Heron's roster. I don't think he was, but they knew him and he knew Steven really well. Like they they go way back. Um, And that's an interesting thing about the music industry in Canada for sure. I imagine it's the same everywhere. It's so tight knit when you get past a certain level. It's like they all just know each other from it. You know, it's like It's like people playing in bands together and then they spread out and work in the industry. They just like, they're your homies. They all just work in the industry. It's crazy. So, yeah. Anyway, Stephen New has known Grant forever. They're, they're, they're buds. So that was an easy one to get him out to the show.
0: Yeah. So we were playing Juno Fest in Ottawa. Um, Our first trip as a band. Was that 2017 or 2018? Mm -hmm. Um, 2017, I think it was. Yeah. So we we went and played. uh, Juno Fest and he, our, our, our manager Steven, called up Grant and, and convinced him to come out to the show to check us out. And again, this like comes back to managers only amplify what you're doing because if Grant came out and we sucked, it would have not made a difference. Actually, it would have been worse than making a difference. It would have just mean that he would never work with us. <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. Like It'd the be first terrible. impression is going to be really important here. Um, but we worked our asses off. Um, Timing and preparation is what that is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, we managed to play okay. And I think he's like was like yeah let's do it that night and then Stephen and and Grant met up the next day, um and talked it out and then it was like yeah we're that's official. It's funny I'm gonna
1: backpedal a little bit here actually something that I just thought about. Remember we were talking about Roper getting Rock the Shores the big festival that was crazy. Yes. So, we started working with Stephen and Morgan like we said whatever I think that let's go I think it was 2015 but it doesn't matter. Fast forward six months I guess we played yeah
0: yeah that's true
1: and that was crazy for us that like we that was a big crowd what did they say like eight whatever six eight thousand maybe six thousand i honestly don't know but it was big it was a lot of people it was almost like full circle a little bit for us at that point right like you went from playing in jesse's band playing that festival we thought was crazy to then us doing it once we got management it was like boom yes you know anyway sorry i just thought about that but we let's go back to let's go back to grant
0: yeah yeah i mean like that was just like. How do you get a booking agent? Oh, you get them to come out to your show. How do you get them to come out to your show? You either get to know them or somebody in your team knows them.
1: That's the thing. You can't un, like there's no unsolicited emails that you can send to these guys to be like, hey, come to our show. <laughs> like,
0: you can try that. And, you know, it, there's definitely the chance it would work. But uh, I personally work with people I know. <laughs> me too. That's the, And that's exactly why I would say 99% of
1: labels don't accept unsolicited demos, right? Totally. Because they can't, for one, because it would just there's no time and not enough time in a day to go through that stuff. But also like they want to work with exactly people they know or it's all like word of mouth which comes back to (laughs) to networking. It's exactly what it comes back to.
0: Totally. I mean, this is just like we're we're drawing from our own experiences with it, but it it really is like if if you have a connection with them, even if it's just like once removed, so like somebody on your team knows them. That's that could be enough to, to open the door, you know. Um, and now, now we've made personal connections with these people as well, which is is good for our own personal careers. Um, like like Marcus, now is, is works in management, and then you also are are drumming for a band called Current Swell and some other guys as well. Um, which was all through like Current Swell, for example. Current Swell is doing some crazy ass shows and tours. Uh, yeah. They're on our management team like so our management roster so we were banner rascals was on blue heron and so was current swell so that's how we got to know those guys and now you're playing with them which is just crazy mm-hmm. um and then
1: yeah yeah pretty crazy how that one happened and that 100 ex- percent is just you know like it if i wasn't if we didn't do banner rascals and if i didn't work for work in management it would like it just that the chances of that happening are so slim yeah, right yeah
0: like probably impossible like it just wouldn't have happened
1: yeah, and then it's funny to think that so they they would have been so slim, but then I'm not saying it was guaranteed, but it was like it made sense to have me
0: play with them. Yeah, it's like what about Marcus? Oh yeah, yeah, Marcus is a cool guy. Marcus is also good at drums. There we go, Criterion met. <laughs> <laughs> like he's 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 like
1: got red hair, so and he's f- kind of sucks, but it's fine. We can make <laughs> it work. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. But and then Saint Finton. So another guy I play with, Finton killing it you should check them out on spotify um exact same thing the same juno fest in ottawa is where i met finton and you did too and we became homies there and fast forward here we are like a couple years later
0: oh uh, dude that's the perfect night to talk about in another episode about what not to do at industry events
1: <laughs> oh yeah and little spoiler it's not about us and not about Fintan either. Sorry, I realized that probably. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I mean, we're, there's going to be plenty about me, anyways. You're pretty scot free, but <laughs> I know. I yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like,
1: I think I did pretty I did pretty well in all those years of the. Uh, I didn't even know. It, it
0: was. would have been easy to indulge. You were so. much more responsible than the rest of us. Uh, but from my own side of things, like I'm now uh, a, a mixing and a mastering engineer primi- primarily, but I also work on like a Netflix documentary. And the, the Netflix thing is just like this crazy whirlwind that happened just recently. Like In August, I think I got the email, and now I've been to just like a dozen countries. I pretty much, uh, up until now with the COVID crisis, unfortunately, um, I'd go somewhere every two weeks and be film, uh, traveling with a film crew, recording like the best drummers in the world. Um, and that was all because I knew this guy named Eric who thought up this movie idea. Like it was just like, he knew me, I knew him. Do you want to come and be my audio guy? Yes, I do. Why do you think he chose me? It's not because I'm an audio guy. It's because he knows me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, both criteria have to be met, but that's exactly it. Both criteria have to be met. So I, I don't know. I think that really sums it up and is a, a pretty thorough history of our band as well as uh the importance of networking so let's talk about like some kind of actionable things you can do to build a network um number one for me is like i think think about what kind of network you're trying to build like what do you need on your team you know um because that'll really help you kind of figure out who you like what? What holes are missing in your team, and what you are actually trying to fill? Like, what's the point of going and trying to meet label people if you don't have recorded music? Like, that's just you're wasting your time, and you're potentially burning bridges. <laughs> you know, you're wasting their time. Yeah,
1: well, I think you would be burning bridges for yeah. sure. Yeah. So
0: you know, you have to do it in the right order. Um, but there's probably something you need. You know, and this could be like there's managers, there's agents, there's uh, there's like design people. Like we worked with. Um, the, one of the uh, one of the guys that did a lot of our designs, we worked with him multiple times, you know, and that that was really comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be anything like that; it doesn't have to be like this big role kind of thing. Uh, I think for most bands that are like kind of on one of the lower levels, um, that like don't have management or or stuff like that, the the best thing you can do is find your level up band. Like, so for us, it was Jesse Roper; he was that stage ahead of us. So, find a local band that's where you want to be, and connect with them you know that's how you get opening spots for a bigger show and you get more people in front of you which turn into your own fans you know if you want to build an audience you have to get in front of new people how do you connect with that that band you can go to their shows you can just also reach out like you guys do have something in common you probably live in the same place you probably play the same music you know like for, in mm-hmm. our case we were a rock band jesse was a blues band kind of at the time um but that was close enough you know it was like bombastic guitar solos and stuff like that going on (laughs) and so yeah yeah that was a good yeah we were very compatible and and we like we were just you know our singer super goofy guy roper the goofiest guy (laughs) so like you know there was like chemistry like we, we enjoyed hanging out a lot yeah yeah totally but you know what i gotta give a shout out to dave bain he's he connected us with with roper if i recall The cobblestone, yeah. So uh, Dave Bain was, or is, I think, um, a show promoter on on Vancouver Island where we started the band. Um, And he was the one that was hosting the show with Jesse Roper. And he asked if we wanted to do it because we were a local band in the town that the show was in. Um, And we had done some stuff with him. So, I mean, networking even goes back earlier than that, really. Um, But get to know the band that you want to be associated with and Bands level up together. I don't know if like you guys have ever noticed that, like the Seattle grunge thing. It was like a bunch of bands blew up from Seattle.
1: Yeah, you got, have you guys heard about that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't, check it out. It's this crazy thing. <laughs> uh, but like that happened all over the place. You know, it happened in the UK and um, LA. Like it's, it's like one band gets big, and then all these other bands happen to get big too. It's because an industry emerges there, um, and it's it's not like a fluke. It, it, these bands know each other and they know the same teams like I'm sure a lot of those bands had worked with the same promoters or same radio promoters or managers and stuff like that um, so that that's really like the scaled up version of what could be happening in your town on a smaller level
1: yeah it's easier to come up with another band anyway like it's just yeah I think it's just easier to make progress in like with someone else it kind of sounds weird i guess but like that's really what happened with the jesse thing like we just kind of rode his wave a little bit um i I think we were ready to ride that wave as well though but uh but yeah we kind of just like rode rode his wave and and it was it was just yeah networking we just were like we got along and Mm -hmm. we had good chemistry as a as bands together, and so we were just yeah that we leveled up to with him with Cobblestone Show, which is a small yep. show, then to Upstairs, which became a bigger it was, show. Yeah,
0: essentially doubled,
1: and then doubled again with another the bigger the biggest show that we played at the time with him was called it was a Sugar Night yeah, yeah called which was like six hundred fifty cap um but yeah so doubled every time right and we just rode that with him yeah
0: totally and then eventually we could play those rooms with our own crowd you know cuz like enough of those people became yeah. our fans and then we built up our own fans with our music and and then we were headlining those shows not he he wasn't opening for us but he you know he kept on going doing his thing too um but we we just yeah leveled up leveled up leveled up that way and i think an important thing to mention is like yes being a good hang and like compatible that way is is really important but we also provided a lot of value to him. You know, whenever we did a show with Roper or any band that was bigger than us, we hustled so hard to sell tickets. Yeah. You know, we made sure we brought a lot of people so that when they saw us play the opening spot, breaking with the lights on in the venue, there was a crap load of people losing <laughs> the their subs mind. off. <laughs> you know, like like it was like the, the place was packed by by the time we played not just like after our set, you know, we, we wanted to impress them and we wanted to provide value by packing the place for them. And, and, uh, you know, we're sharing, we're getting his audience, so he should get our audience as well. You know, it was, it wasn't one sided at all.
1: Yeah. Also, I think one of the points that you touched on that I really thought was great a few minutes ago was just like finding the holes in your team and only trying to fill those holes when they're actual holes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like going for management when you need management. Yeah. You don't just want to go for things because you think you need to go for them. Like they need to be, you need to be ready for them and they need to make sense to, to pursue because if not, you're just wasting your time and other people's Yeah. As well.
0: Worse other so. people's.
1: <laughs> With- yeah. Definitely worse <laughs> other people's. Yep. But it also sucks to waste your own time. It like, does. especially because- there's just so much to do when you're independent. You don't want to be wasting time doing stuff that you just don't need to totally. do.
0: And I, I think it's maybe hard to know what you need if you don't really understand what these people do um, on your team as yeah. well. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, the next episode is going to be all about managers and what they actually do and how, how that all works. Um, so I, hopefully that'll illuminate some of those questions for you.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be... Yeah, that's a great next step, yeah. I think. that that That's kind of like how how we worked, We networked into needing a manager.
0: Yeah, totally. All right. Well, let's wrap this episode up. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, please do click subscribe. So you get the automatically updated for the next episode. And uh, for us growing the, the most important things you guys can do to get to help. This podcast, keep going and help us out is one, share it with your musician friends and other bands, you know, and your own bandmates. Um, and number two, leave us a review on the Apple iTunes podcast app. Um, that is pretty much the only way people can discover new podcasts. So do that. <laughs> and we'd really appreciate it. And if you have any questions for us, please do reach out to us. Uh, again, my name is Malcolm Owen Flood, and it's the co host as Marcus Mann has. And we're probably the only people in the world with our names. So you'll find us. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty unique.
1: Yeah. Although oh, there's a Mark Owen Flood. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if you want, you can email my uncle, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because it's a combination of both our yeah, names. Yeah, totally. Also, as a little aside, our names always get confused. So there you go. It's kind of funny that that.
0: If you want us, us to respond to your emails or social media messages, make sure you call us by the correct names. <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> but yeah, um, other requests will be thanks ignored.
1: so much for listening. Yeah, I really hope that you guys got some value out of this. I know it was us just kind of talking about what we did, but I think it's really important to to kind of see the the progression of a career, really, right? Like, I think we would learn a lot from that if we could... You know, look back yeah. or look forward. I guess we would have learned. A oh, lot.
0: absolutely! I, I'm. I did learn a lot from that. I went to a networking conference just in November um, for ad, other audio engineers. Like solely because of that, I was like, okay, if I didn't know these people that I had met, and like my life just wouldn't be where it is right now. So I'm going to go and put myself in front of other people in the in the field I want to be like more moving forward through. And like that's already paid off huge for me. Just this one trip that was solely to network. It's literally a networking event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so literally calling. Yeah, a totally. Event. So yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Subscribe, share, review. We appreciate it, and we'll see you next week. What's up, everyone? This is Malcolm Own Flood here, one of the hosts of Your Band Sucks at Business. If you've been listening to this for a while, you may be aware that we haven't done a new episode in quite a while. Stay tuned. I'm sure there will be more coming. But for right now, I wanted to give you an update on where Marcus and I are at and where you can find us and find out what we're doing right now. So currently, I'm over at the Self-Recording Band Podcast, which is another one of my podcasts that I co-host. And if you are into doing DIY recordings with your music or your band's music, you absolutely got to check that podcast out. But in addition, I'm also doing some YouTube content and pushing that really hard right now. So I ask you to please go check out my YouTube channel. You can find me under my name, Malcolm Owen Flood, M-A-L-C-O-M-O-W-E-N-F-L-O-O-D. You'll find me, and I'm doing tons of fun stuff over there. I'd love to have you come visit me on YouTube, and please do give me a subscribe. That is super appreciated. And now for Marcus, he is just killing it right now. He's been touring pretty much all over the world, with current Swell and Luca Fogali and some other folks. He's just absolutely killing it, and he's got his own website up, MarcusManhas.com, and you can go find his kind of touring sessions playback stuff all up on there totally encourage you to go connect with him and again thanks for listening to the your band sucks at business podcast it is so appreciated and i'm super glad that these episodes are helping people out there don't be a stranger do reach out to us we'd love to hear from you uh instagram's probably the best place to find marcus or myself so connect with us there we'd love love to hear from you and yeah enjoy the episode thanks